And uh, thank you for that, uh, that wonderful truth, Miss Eileen, uh, and how the Lord is so good. Uh, the message this morning that fits right in, and uh, what we're going to be preaching tonight, it's going to fit right in. So uh, very thankful for uh, just that message and song. Revelation chapter 15, if you're able to stand with me as we read together a portion of God's Word. Revelation chapter 15, want to begin here, verse number 1. We'll read the first four verses of this chapter this morning. Uh, Revelation 15, verse number 1, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. So we're in the middle of the tribulation. It's a yet future event. My conviction is the next major event imminent, the return of Jesus Christ for his saints. Uh, following that rapture, I believe the world will enter into tribulation. It's in the midst of that tribulation that these events uh, that we read about here in the latter part of Revelation taking place. Okay, so verse number two, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, and this is the title of our message this morning, the song of Moses. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. We're going to look this morning at the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. And I think, at least I am, I'm excited. <laughs> when I read this and studied this and what God did in my own heart. And so I'm excited to share this morning the truths of, of this today with us and make application to you and I here this morning in our personal lives and our personal walk with God. If you'll join me this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer and again yielding and submitting and asking God for His way today. Father, we thank You this morning that your ways are higher than our ways, that, Lord, you have a bird's-eye view of every situation. You see what we cannot see. And, Lord, I know that if we could see what you see, we would want just exactly what you want. And I pray here this morning that you might give encouragement where it is needed. I pray, God, that you would give rebuke where it is needed. I pray this morning that you would give salvation where it is needed. Lord, that you would take your word and by your power and by your spirit to accomplish your purpose here today. We need you and look unto you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray and ask, amen. And you may be seated this morning. Let me just give you some context here. We arrive at chapter 15. And here in chapter 15, we are introduced to the seven last plagues. So I want you to go to verse 1. And it reads, I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. Now, these plagues will be the completion of God's wrath, will be the final deliverance of the title deed of this earth from Satan to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
the victory is going to be won. It's the completion of the wrath of God, and it reads in verse number 1, For in them and these plagues has filled up the wrath of God. Now these seven last plagues are known as the vile judgments. Uh, they take place during the latter part, I believe, of the tribulation. They culminate in the final war. You've heard of the Battle of Armageddon, World War III. Just as the world is on the brink of total destruction, total annihilation in World War III or in the Battle of Armageddon, in Revelation chapter 19, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return from heaven. Now we've already covered the seven seal judgments. I believe these are toward the beginning of the tribulation. The seventh seal introduced the seven trumpet judgments. Uh, the seventh trumpet judgment then introduced these seven vile judgments. Uh, however, before the vile judgments are covered, um, we had a section of scripture that gives some of the details uh, of some of the major actors during the tribulation. In Revelation chapter 11, there are the two witnesses. Uh, some have said Moses and Elijah. I wouldn't be dogmatic, but they're able to call fire from heaven. Uh, they work great miracles in the sight of the beast. Uh, we read in chapter 12 uh, of the woman, Israel, the child, uh, the seed of that woman, Jesus Christ, uh, the dragon, Satan, and the war in heaven. That war goes all the way back to Satan's rebellion against God. But in Revelation chapter 12, we're told that it's going to come to an end. In chapter 13, we're introduced to the Antichrist and to the false prophets. In chapter 14, 144,000 witnesses. They're Jewish witnesses, 12,000 from each tribe. Uh, they literally cover the face of planet Earth, giving the everlasting gospel. And we have there also the angel, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. And it's evident during the tribulation that the gospel will go forth and every individual will have to make a decision either for Christ or against Christ. And during the tribulation, a great number of people will be saved. And it's evident that most of those that are saved are going to be martyred for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that brings us to chapter 15 that lays the context here for this chapter. The seven vials of wrath are introduced to us, verse 1, and then they will be explained for us beginning in chapter number 16. The seven vials of wrath, very similar as we will study in the future through these vials of wrath. They're very similar to the ten plagues that were lashed upon Egypt in the deliverance of Israel out of the land of Egypt. In fact, you're going to be amazed to see the similarity, and I think that helps us to understand what's taking place here in chapter 15. I want you to look with me in verse number 2 of chapter 15. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, now that's the Antichrist, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways 
thou King of saints. Now this group of tribulation saints have gained victory over Satan, over the Antichrist, and they stand here on a sea of glass mingled with fire. And I believe that would represent the trial through which they have passed, and they have gained the victory by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. They've been delivered out of that torment and destruction, and they sing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. So if we're going to understand this passage of Scripture, let's go back into the Old Testament and look at the song of Moses. I want you to go with me to the book of Exodus this morning. Exodus. And we'll see here the song of Moses as sung by the children of Israel. It's recorded for us in Exodus chapter 15, but I want to start in Exodus chapter 1 because it helps us to gain the real meaning of the Song of Moses. As we look at the life of the children of Israel here in the book of Exodus, we see their trial. And in Exodus chapter 1, verse number 13, it reads, The Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. We go to verse number 16. And Pharaoh, he said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon their stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. And you'll see here the oppression that is brought by Pharaoh against the children of of Israel. We go to chapter 2 of Exodus and verse number 23. And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant and ate with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. And, and so God here is describing the trial that is being endured by the children of Israel. Their lives are with rigor, with hard bondage. There's the death of the male children. It's a very difficult time. And in the midst of this difficulty, God raises up a deliverer, Moses. Moses is sent by God to Pharaoh. Go to chapter 5 of Exodus. Chapter 5, verse number 1. And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. But notice the response of Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, Woe, or who is the Lord? That I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither Will I let Israel go? Uh, Pharaoh refused. In fact, he uh, really increased the oppression and the opposition against the children of Israel. But from this point, God begins to work a mighty miracle. God begins to work to deliver his people. Uh, we read of the ten plagues, the plague of blood, the flies, the lice, the moraine, and on and on it goes as God begins to work deliverance for his people, his nation. I want you to skip forward to Exodus chapter 11. These plagues culminated in the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians. 
We come to Exodus chapter 11, verse number 1. Exodus 11, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. And afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. In verse number 4 of chapter 11. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord about midnight, Will I go out into the midst of Egypt? And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maid servant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beast. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. In verse number 7, But against the, any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that you may know how that the Lord God, or how the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. It's a picture of the saved and the lost, and God puts a difference between the two. We come to Exodus chapter 12, and we have in that chapter the Passover lamb. It's a picture of the blood that is shed. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ who will go to the cross and become our Passover lamb. We go to Exodus chapter 12, verse number 12. God says, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I like this. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be unto you for a token upon the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the blood or the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And, and we know the picture here that uh, night the children of Israel commanded to sacrifice the Passover lamb. They were to take the blood. They were to put that blood of the lamb upon the doorposts of the house. The Lord said, this night I'm going to pass through the land. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And we know that God destroyed the firstborn of the Egyptians, but where the blood had been applied, a picture of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, a picture of the coming wrath of God upon the world, where the blood had been applied, the wrath of God was appeased. We go to chapter number 12, and after this plague, verse number 29, Exodus 12, verse number 29. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn of the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night and all of his servants, all the Egyptians. There was a great cry in Egypt for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses, Aaron by night, said, Rise up, get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel. Go, serve the Lord, as ye have said. Also take your flocks, your herds, as ye have said, and be gone, and bless me also. The Egyptians were urgent upon the people. So the children of Israel now have been thrust out of the land of Egypt. Now once you go to chapter 14, chapter 14 of the book of Exodus, Pharaoh had a change of hearts. In chapter 14, verse number 3, For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, the wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh, upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And we find here that Pharaoh now begins to pursue the children of Israel to the Red Sea. And I want you to get the picture here. Uh, the children 
Israel have arrived at the Red Sea. The Red Sea is before them. Uh, they have mountains on either side of them, and suddenly Pharaoh arrives with his armies. They are trapped. The Red Sea before, the mountains beside them, the armies of Pharaoh behind them. It's an impossible situation. But God worked a miracle, and God parted the Red Sea. And we come to chapter 14, verse number 22. The children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. The waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. I've always thought when I get to heaven, I want to pull up that big screen television in heaven and I want to observe this film of the actual event of God parting the waters and sending the children of Israel into the midst of the sea on dry land. And I guarantee you, there's going to be some Google-eyed goldfish that come up to the edge of that water and they look in and how are those children of Israel walking through on dry land? What a miracle that God worked on that day. But it doesn't end. You see, Pharaoh pursued, verse 23. Of chapter 14, the Egyptians pursued, went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And God worked a miracle. It came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And now read this miracle. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea. The sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, the Egyptians fled against it. The Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. What a miracle that God worked. Isn't that exciting? What God did. I want you to read on verse number 30. It says, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. But notice this statement. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servants. Now that's the background this morning for the song of Moses. We go to chapter 15, verse number 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Now imagine for me this morning, for just a moment, the thrill of that sight. There's been a great trial. The sea before them, uh, the mountains beside them, Pharaoh's armies before or behind, behind them. And God said, go. They began to march into the sea. God made it dry land. And then God brought Pharaoh's armies into the sea. There God overthrew them. Imagine the thrill of that sight as the children of Israel are on the east shore of the sea or the Red Sea. And they look out across that sea the night before. It's been stormy. Uh, the sea was raging, but now there's a calm over that sea. They're safe on the other side. And they look out to the shore of that sea, 
And they see the dead bodies of Pharaoh and the Egyptians strewn about them. They have just witnessed a mighty miracle. I want you to get the picture. The battle is over. The sea is calm. It's calm like glass. Uh, victory is theirs. They've been redeemed. It's won. And now they break forth into singing. It's a song of praise. Notice again verse number 1. They sang this song unto the Lord. Saying, I will sing unto the Lord. He had triumphed gloriously. The horse, his rider, hath he thrown into the sea. They did not sing this song to Moses. But they sang this song to the Lord. Honoring God. Exalting God. His name, He, they said, had triumphed gloriously. He is worthy. He's glorious, they said, in power. Look in verse number 6. Uh, Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Is anything too hard for God? A God that created the sea can certainly part the waters of the sea. And Israel witnessed the mighty hand of the power of God. As they looked across that sea, they saw the evidence. Notice in verse number 7. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together, the floods stood upright as in heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. He's glorious in power. In verse number 11, they sang in this song that he was glorious in holiness. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? They recognized that battle against them was actually Pharaoh's battle against God. And a holy God must judge sin. The dead bodies of the Egyptians gave testimony that God's wrath had been poured upon his enemies. And so this song of Moses was a song of praise. But that song of Moses was a song of gratefulness. Imagine as they looked over the sea, they've been delivered. Their hearts overflowed with thanksgiving. They're grateful in their relationship with God. Look in verse number 2 of Exodus 15. They sang, The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare Him in habitation, my Father's God. I will exalt Him. And they are confident in this relationship with God. And they're grateful that the enemy has been defeated. Never again would Pharaoh and his army be a menace to them. Never again would they live under the bondage of Egypt and Pharaoh. They were grateful. They had been delivered. They had sighed and cried by reason of the bondage of Pharaoh. Their sons had been drowned in the Nile River. Their freedom had been taken. Their lives were difficult. And now they looked over the calm of that sea and like a sea of glass after the raging storm, they were free. They were delivered. Victory was given. It's a song of praise, it's a song of gratefulness, but it was a song of faith. Look in verse 13, Exodus 15. Thou in thy mercy 
hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear, be afraid, sorrow shall take hold upon the inhabitants of Palestina. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed, the mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away, fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm they shall be as still as a stone till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. Notice this statement, thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance. In the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established, and what they sing in this song is, Lord, you brought us out to bring us in. And the inhabitants of the land where you're going to take us will hear the story of your deliverance out of Egypt, and they will tremble as we head in the direction of the land that you have given to us. God delivered them to use them. Understand something, they were his people, the sheep of his pasture, his chosen seed. God would give them the promised land, and the promised land is a type of the victorious Christian life. And the promised land is also a type of heaven. It's the picture. The song of Moses recognized this. That's the background. Now go back to the book of Revelation. The song of Moses as sung by the children of Israel. But now let's look at this song as sung by the tribulation saints. Revelation chapter 15, verse number 2. Again, read this with me. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, them that had gotten the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, glorify thy name, for thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest, uh, the song of the tribulation saints. Now think with me for a moment about the trial of these saints. They were saved during the midst of the tribulation, the most difficult time in human history, a future time where there will be war, famine, plagues, death. Somebody shared with me this past week, uh, Pastor, it just kind of looks like maybe we're in the tribulation. No, we're not. You ain't seen nothing yet, Okay. What's happening right now is nothing compared to what's going to take place during the time of the tribulation. And these saints have been redeemed during that time of tribulation. And understand something, these saints have refused the mark of the beast. They refuse to worship his image. They are severely persecuted. They're running for their lives. They're hiding in dens and caves. They could not buy nor sell during this time because they would not take that mark. They had no jobs. They had no homes. They had no cars. Rejected by the world. Hated. Despised. Hunted as animals. They're called criminals. They uh, are martyred most likely. They're made as an example against rising or for rising against the system. That's what we're talking about. They're shunned by social media. 
They're painted by the news media as the vilest of beings because of their walk with Jesus Christ. And so the trial of these saints. But there's the deliverance, the song of Moses, remember? There's a song of deliverance. As these tribulation saints stand upon the sea of glass mingled with fire, they've gained the victory. The trial is over. The victory has been won. Pharaoh, the Antichrist, the false prophet, they've been defeated. The raging sea is now calm. It's like glass and dead bodies are strewn on the shores. And imagine the sight, the emotions as these saints having come through the tribulation, having been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, having gained victory, they look back over that sea. And no wonder their hearts break forth into singing. They sing the song of Moses. It's a song of praise, song of gratefulness, a song of faith. Understand now, heaven is their home. No more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. The battle is over. And notice also they sing the song of the Lamb. What is that? Well, go back with me to Revelation chapter 5. The song of the Lamb. In Revelation chapter 5, verse number 8. This is a scene from heaven. When he had taken the book, the four beasts, the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof. For Thou wast slain, hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign in the earth. That's the song of the Lamb, recognizing the redemption, the price that has been paid. So we see the song of Moses, sung by the children of Israel. The song of Moses, sung by the tribulation saints. But now let's make this practical this morning. What about our song? We should have a song. If you're saved this morning, I want you to take a moment with me. I want you to stand on the shore with me. I want you to look back over that sea. I want you to understand that if you're saved this morning, in this sense, the battle is over. And victory is won. And the enemy is defeated. This morning, you've got a song if you're saved. And it's a song of salvation. Once I was lost in sin. I was an enemy to God. I was bound by Satan. I was blinded by sin. I was on the road to hell. And I sighed and I cried by reason of the bondage. And I had no peace within. And I had no hope for eternity. And I had nothing that I could do to change the situation. I was lost, undone, away from God. But God sent me a deliverer. 
Jesus Christ. He paid my debt. He parted my sea. He took me to the other side. He forgave my sin. He buried it in the depths of that sea, never to bring it up again. He defeated my enemy, and I passed from death to life. And I can sing, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. And I can sing, I'm secured forever. I didn't gain it by my works or my goodness. It was a gift that God gave to me. It was eternal life. I have a song to sing this morning. You see, victory has been won. I have a promised land. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But I have a promise. And God brought me through to the other side. I passed from death to life. I passed from heaven or from hell to heaven. Now Jesus is mine. And I'm his. I've been redeemed. That's a song of salvation. But let's come to where we are right now. And this is a song of deliverance. Maybe you're like me, although saved. I still live in this earthly body. And in this earthly body, I have war. My flesh is real. Pharaoh, he continues to pursue me. He's seeking to keep me in bondage. Oh, it's a daily battle, that flesh and the devil. But do you understand something? If we've been born again through Christ, we are overcomers. So God is constantly at work in our lives, giving us victory. Maybe you can say like me, I'm not what I ought to be, but I'm not what I used to be. You see, God is at work in my life, and He's changing me and molding me to the image of Jesus Christ on a day-by-day battle. Maybe you can see some of the battles that God has won. You know, I'm speaking to some here this morning. You had some addictions. Somebody recently gave me the testimony of victory over tobacco and how God just took that desire away. And you can look now back over that sea that's been calmed and you can see that dead body. And maybe somebody else, they told the testimony of the victory over the alcohol and Uh, It's buried now. It's in the depths of the sea. Maybe for you it was an attitude of bitterness and you had somebody that you were bitter against and you couldn't forgive them and you held a grudge, but God worked and gave the grace to give forgiveness and there's a dead body strewn on the shore. Maybe a relationship that was broken and God put it together and maybe a struggle with doubt, with fear and you have a song this morning of deliverance as you look back over the sea. Oh, but let's fast forward. A song of glorification. One day it will be over. Either the rapture or death. Paul said, for to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. One day we'll stand on the shore. We'll see the calm of eternity. 
And we'll look back over what had been the raging sea of life and now that sea is calm and that old enemy that pursued us through this life into the sea, that old accuser, that big bully Satan, <laughs> he's going to be chained, defeated, cast into hell. As we stand on that sea mingled with fire, it's going to be natural, a song will break forth. You'll never sin again. You'll never fail your Savior again. You're going to want to praise God. You're going to sing the song of Moses. Glorious is the Lord. Glorious in power. Glorious in holiness. You'll sing the song of the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Uh, the slain from the foundation of the world. You've redeemed us by thy blood out of every kindred and tribe and tongue. All glory to God. Oh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. You'll have a song. It's the song of Moses, the song of the Lamb. Are you one of his this morning? Born again, do you know him? Understand something this morning. You'll either be standing on the shore of victory, redeemed by the blood, or you will be destroyed in the midst of the sea as an enemy of God. The only difference is the blood of the Lamb. Where the blood was applied, the Lord passed by. Has the blood been applied? You see, you're either an Israelite with the application of the blood, or you're an Egyptian without the blood. And where the blood has not been applied, the wrath of God will be poured. So you'll either be standing on the shore of victory, are defeated in the midst of the sea and lost forever. And you know today he calls for you. He knocks. He speaks. He pleads. He wants you today to come to him. To know him. To trust him. He calls. He knocks. He did that for me one night. I'm so thankful that night he forgave me. I believed. You can do that today. You can come to him today. If you're one of him, maybe, or one of his, maybe today you're fighting a battle. Storm rages. You feel like right now the enemy is pursuing you. Red Sea is before you. Mountains beside you. Pharaoh's army, the old devil behind you. And if you'll trust the Lord, he'll get you to the other side. He'll part that impossible water for you. He'll give you the victory as you look to him. Are you living for eternity? Living to please the Lord? Isn't it a blessing? This life is going to be over. It's just a little speck. It's coming to the end very quickly. It's not going to be long we're going to be looking like the children of Israel from the shore, like the tribulation saints from the shore. We're going to be looking back 
You don't want to look back with regrets, do you? You want to move forward. Let's bow our heads this morning, give her head bowed.